Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. It is test cricket time again. A diet of white ball cricket over the course of the last several months, including a rip-storming World Cup and some T20s from all over the world as well. Those are in our podcast feed, of course, for you to dip back into, including Finn Allen's heroics in the recent series, New Zealand versus Pakistan, but we are going to talk some test cricket, the Anthony DeMello trophy, starting with who is Anthony DeMello. We'll talk grounds and dates, squads and selection questions, key battles and matchups, and of course, our ubiquitous incorrect predictions, all coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, going to hand over to Stu to give us a little bit of an explainer about this series, starting with who is Anthony DeMello and what does his trophy look like? Oh, what does this trophy look like? I don't. I haven't done yes, that much we got digging. Him. We got I haven't him. done that much digging. I know there's screeds of paper here, but none of them have any pictures on no them. No pictures. So, yeah, no, nothing about uh, what the trophy actually looks like. But I, I did get in, intrigued by the name of the trophy because uh, I was actually doing it because I was looking up the last series, the uh, in India, the 2021 series. Uh, and, you know, when you look all of that stuff up, the name of the trophy comes up. We've obviously just had the, the Beno Kadir trophy, which I thought was a huge, enormous, fan, enormous just trophy. brilliant naming uh, trophy name. And then Anthony DeMello. And I was like, oh, who is Anthony DeMello? What, what does he do? And so, I, you know, type in Anthony DeMello into Google and then got even more confused because basically what came up after that was uh, an Indian Jesuit priest and author who, you know, had, had some dealings or criticisms from uh one of the popes i think at one point and i was like what is going on so you know you do the same thing anthony Demello cricket and it turns out uh that he the trophy is named after one of the founders of the bcci uh anthony Demello. so that is uh that is your fun fact for the day but in terms of uh, this series we've got a five match test series which uh we don't see a huge amount of obviously these days uh, we've just seen the Ashes, but apart from that, it's only really these big marquee series between the big three where we even get that. The last series, as I mentioned in 2021, we didn't get five matches. It was only four. So yeah, it, it starts on the 25th of Jan and runs all the way through to almost mid-March. So we've got a brilliant diet of Test cricket coming up if, if this series can live up to, to the billing. Baldy, will it live up to the billing? Oh, hell yes, it will. This is going to be an exciting Test series. Baseball against India in India. It's it's delicious. It's finger licking good. It's exciting. <laughs> I can't wait for it to get started. I I, th- I kind of thought we might start uh, like talking about this series and thinking about what happened last time because I think thinking about how much has changed since that 2021 series uh, for both sides really, or probably more so for England because India uh, has still continued on their winning ways. But, you know, when we look through the lineups, I think they've seen a reasonable amount of turnover in terms of uh, their test side and, and what it might look like within that time. But when I looked back, you know, when I think back to, to 2021, where uh, India won the series 3-1, but England, you know, who were, I think, at one of their low points in test cricket, they were they were not seen as a good test cricket side. You know, you, know, you look through their lineup, it was Burns, Sibley, Dan Lawrence, Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler... Dom Best, Joffre Archer, Jack Leach and Jimmy Anderson for that first test. But they won that test by 227 runs. Jack, uh, Joe Root got 218 in the first innings. Sibley and Stokes made 80s that set up this big first innings for, for England and a big win by 227 runs or whatever it was. And then the series just changed. India, uh, you know, in the pitches might have slightly changed a little bit since then. They became a lot more spin-friendly. 
Inter Akshar Patel, who completely demolished uh, England for the rest of that series. You know, their highest total from the next three tests uh, was 205. They scored 134, 167, or 164, 112, 81, 205, and 135. So, you know, runs were at a premium after that point. And basically, uh, India's the the tests that we've seen in India have kind of followed that mould, and we've seen England completely change the way they play cricket since then. So, yeah, I, I think sort of uh, maybe interesting to get your perspective, Binksy, on on kind of where England is at now, looking into this series compared to where they were last time. Yeah, but well, I think going into that series, England were look at uh, in a period of. I guess probably pre-transition, weren't they? Mm. Um, they'd got you know. And we still thought Dom Sibley and Rory Burns might be the opening partnership for a little while. Well, look, absolutely, and I think if you kind of look at some of the markers throughout that that first Test match, played on a very good wicket um, in Chennai, and and then you know I'm not going to say there were poor wickets, but spinning wickets throughout the rest yeah. of the um, the series because I don't want to annoy Rohit Sharma, but they, <laughs> they certainly were you know absolute bonsons. Um, I think categorised by the fact that you know Joe Root, I think in the third Test took. He's only five wicket haul in, in Test cricket. Um, he's probably a little underrated as a bowler, but he shouldn't be taking too many uh, too many five wicket bags. Contrast where England are now. I think they're going to go into this series with um, look a hell of a lot of confidence, and whether that confidence is actually founded in the fact that they have a chance in this series will we'll come on to I think throughout the course of the podcast but that they will definitely be going into it with with confidence because that's the environment that's been created mm. um that you know we've got to and I think from an English cricket perspective and from my point of view I've got to get off this fact that this is rhetoric now this is the way that this team thinks it's the way that this team feels um and it's the way that this team's going to go about um, about, about their cricket every single interview every single comment um, every single bit of press I've seen about the players that they, they are you know if they're not being authentic they're being a really really doing a really really good job um, of pretending to be authentic and um, you know listening to an interview for example with Ben Duckett um, a couple of days back and he said you know I'm just going to use my reverse sweep as a forward defensive because I know that it's, you know it's going to spin at times and I'm not going to die wondering I'm not going to Bat, I'm not going to pop one up to bat pad, and if I do, it's going to be, you know, doing something that's you know that's aggressive, and mm. and that's not one example of that. That is the way that you know all of these guys are talking about the level of confidence that they're going to go into the series with, um, and then I think also just even if they come off on the wrong side of a of a defeat, they're going to say, well, cool, no problem, we'll come back and we're going to try the same the same methods and the same mentality the next time. And if that doesn't work, they'll do the same again. <laughs> and uh, until until that changes, I think you know I am I'm now fully bought into this you know rhetoric of of the way the team's going to go about it and the the premise of you know uh, I know we use it as a cliche now, but the premise of basketball. I, I think uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the mentality, I'm sure, as we, as we go through. But uh, almost the same question to you, Baldy, about the India side and, and kind of where you think they are, because you know as I said before, they they've come off. Uh, you know, can, they've continued to win pretty, uh, you know, significantly for the mm. last three years since that series. They obviously were in the World Test Championship final. They were in the World Test Championship final before that as well. But I think when you look at the lineup, uh, you know, I think uh, there were a couple of changes from that first test. But the one that I wrote down that they lost, 
the, their lineup was Rohit, Shubman Gill, Pujara, Coley, Rahane, Punt, Washington Sundar, Ashwin, Shabazz Nadim, who kind of ended up being the, the scapegoat almost or kind of just the forgotten figure because, uh, as we said, the pitches became much more spin-friendly after that and Akshar just dominated. And then Ishant Sharma and Bumrah. There's not many survivors from that from three years ago to from that test series. So mm. where where do you think they're at? I mean, they've just come off a, a, a series against South Africa where the conditions were completely different to what they expect mm. what we expect them to be here. Yeah, it's really interesting for India because they've had they have a formula, they have a way of playing cricket at home that's been tremendously successful for the last three years. They they have developed the habit of winning overseas as well. So they have confidence going not to just win at home but win overseas. And I think that has huge impact on being able to win at home as well, just that confidence of being able to take on a side in any conditions. But I'm with you, Adam, in that I think that the baseball approach to trying to take as many wickets as possible by trying to attack and, and take wickets by, by taking them rather than having batters make mistakes and then also by attacking the bowling to try and hit them off their length is England's best chance of success in this test series against India. I don't think England would go to India and try and play the grind it out, wear them down type of cricket and come away with a vic- with a victory against this Indian side. For India, I think their method for success is to take that on head on and go, right, okay, we're going to ask the same questions of you that we always do. We are going to bowl our spinners stump to stump. We are going to bowl the ball at the stumps all the time. And if you're going to use the reverse sweep to... Um, to use that as your forward defence, well, let's see if it's going to work. And I think this is going to be a tremendous series from asking questions of each other. I think that this is going to be similar to the 05 Ashes Tour in that there are going to be lots and lots of high-quality, entertaining sort of games within games, sessions within sessions, matchups within uh, this series. And it's just so exciting to, to think about some of those permutations of, you know, Aksha versus the top order and so forth. So uh, a very exciting series. And, uh, you know, I really want to dig into a couple of these bat- key battlegrounds because I do think there are there are some really, really fascinating ones that you both already touched on. But, uh, you, you know, you mentioned the pitches before and, and the conditions and what we can expect. These games are at five test venues that are relatively new test venues. I think between them, there's only been 12 games at these five venues. They're not the big traditional venues that we sort of expect when when we go over to, to India. India has never lost at these venues. They've played 12 games for, for nine wins and three draws. But, I mean, are we just expecting them to be very spin-friendly? But, you know, like, how? I guess how spin-friendly, I suppose, do we expect them to be? And the pitches have been such a big topic of conversation in the last 12 months, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, the you know Australia-India series, even when this uh, last 2021 series, there was a lot of conversations around uh, some of those pitches at that point. We've just seen New Zealand go to Bangladesh where I think that second test was absolutely atrocious. But we've also seen, you know, in this test in South Africa, that India and South Africa just played at where it was pretty atrocious the other way, you know, in terms of uh, favouring the seamers. So, do you, you know, what are we what are we kind of thinking? Are we, are we going to see a, a battleground where 300 is a very good total? Yeah, look, there's not enough data really on the grounds to kind of even probably keep the analysts in business, is there? <laughs> um, to, to kind of come up with some permutations. I, I think the reality is that 
whether or not India pick a balanced attack of a couple of seamers and three spinners or three seamers and two spinners or however they roll the dice with the, with the permutations, they've got quality new ball and, and seam bowling options. So I, I think from that perspective, you know, they can really produce whatever wickets they like and still be competitive. I don't think there's any doubt that they have an edge from a spin perspective with Axar, Ashwin, um, Jadeja, anyone cool else they that, bring you know, in, that, yeah. that they want to bring into the mix when you compare it with uh, the England England spinners. Um, the one thing I would say, though, I think if if you look at what Basball and look, we we keep using that phrase, and look, we're going to just have to live with the fact that um, this is, you know, this is the, um, the the way that we describe it now. But one of the premises of that is creating chaos, and I, I think if India um, let England create chaos on good cricket wickets, they will still then have the ability to be better on those cricket wickets with um, all of their spin bases covered and a very very good batting lineup. If they do try and go absolute Bunsen's. Um, that does, to an extent, bring in a little bit of jeopardy that one of these guys like a, um, a Leach or a Hartley or a Bashir or a Ryan Ahmed, even a Joe Root, Pfeiffer in the la- in, yeah, on yeah. a spinning deck in the last series that we talked about, they could then ha- have a little bit of a day out and all of a sudden put India under pressure. So I think... Personally, India should produce wickets that spin, um, but that are ultimately, I guess, good spinning wickets. I don't think they should be going in there and trying to um, produce a, you know, a four-day pitch on day one because I think that that just lets the chaos theory that Basball will create get, get more into the game. I completely agree with you, and I think it actually works the other way around too. When England are batting, and if this is a... like, Let's just say for the sake of the argument that India produce wickets where the target score, the kind of pass score is 180 right, yeah. to 220. What happens if Harry Brook comes off and gets 70 off mm. 30 balls? Or Ben Duckett or, or Zach Crawley. Or, or yeah. anyone, right? Yeah. Like, producing low-scoring wickets in this test series kind of plays into the risk-taking hands, as you've said, yeah. for, like on both from both perspectives. And if, and if one of the England guys comes off and gets a 70 off 30, not only do they advance the game a hell of a lot, but they also then have to go, okay, well, now India have got to get those same 70 runs against... Anderson, Robinson, Leach, Atkinson, Mark Wood, etc. And if the ball, like if it's a if it's a really dry surface and a really dry ground, and we start to see reverse as well, you know, there's there's some pretty good exponents of reverse swing in that England attack. So I, I think genuinely good cricket wickets, where you're looking at, you know. 1400 to 1500 runs as your target score across five days and 40 wickets being taken that still gives India if they bat first bowl last three spinners to throw at England on day four day five and even if they bat second they've got that Vaughan to top six batting lineup that can still go big and score 400 500 when it's best for batting and and Stu I guess I got a question for you that leads into that conversation around pitches a little bit which is the the spinners that England have selected so if I kind of look back over recent England cricketing history and when I say recent probably since I've been watching so back into the 
you know, the, the 1990s. Whenever we've gone overseas, and it's going to be a, a spin-friendly set of conditions, with the exception of probably going to India in, I think it was 2012, when we, we last won there with mm, Graham Swan, Swan and Monty Panasar. Um, let, let's take that out of the equation because that is the anomaly. England have always struggled to find the second and third spin options that they need to take. And they've ended up taking punts on guys that ultimately I think are quite, in a, in a way, old-fashioned spinners. Guys that give it a rip, that bowl, you know, bowl some shite, but they might bowl the odd absolute, you know, Jaffa. And if we go back even to the recent series in 2021, that was someone like Don Bess, who gives it a real rip, but d doesn't have a lot of control. The way they've gone this this way is they've picked two guys that are six foot plus and probably look a little bit physically more like a Ravi Ashwin or an Akshar Patel. Yeah. And they're saying, well, we're going to go, you know, height, accuracy, and probably not massive turn. And is that going to, you know, is that going to give them any chance? You know, clearly they're not going to be able to replicate Ravi Ashwin and, and Akshar Patel and Jadeja with, you know, 47 test wickets between them. Oh, sorry, sorry, 47 first test wickets between them or whatever yeah. it is. But is that the right way for them to have gone in terms of picking these um, these spinners? I mean, I, I probably don't know enough about the two unknowns in terms of Hartley and, and Bashir to, to really make a, an informed comment on that. But I, w I will say, you touched on it earlier, I, I think Joe Root will play a, a pretty big part in this series in terms of what he offers with the ball. I think he's become much better than a part-timer. You know, he's he's a legitimate part of their bowling attack almost in all conditions now. I'm not saying he's a, a world better in, in all conditions, but I think he'll be someone who actually gives them quite a bit of versatility in what they want to do with their bowling lineup because look and it'd be asking a lot of him to be the second spinner because it'd be a lot of work to do is more mm. that the question whether they want to put that workload on him but I think that that's a realistic thing that they could consider if they think that they really because I, I think they probably really want to seem it like a, a rapid seamer They've, they've shown that by picking Wood and Atkinson. I think Atkinson's someone who, if they didn't, if they weren't, I, I feel like they've picked him either as Mark Wood Insurance or picked him as someone because they don't want Mark Wood to play all five tests and go, okay, yeah. well, like we do genuinely want a speedster in the lineup no matter what because in some ways that can take out the pitch. You know, they can, they can, uh, they can run in and bowl and regardless of the conditions still cause troubles. And I think if you look back to recent overseas series for, for England, Jimmy Anderson and Ollie Robinson both have played really important roles. And I think that's been one of the underrated parts of baseball, the, the kind of era that we've talked about. A lot of the praise and sort of the, the discussion around how they play their cricket has all been about the batting and the batting speed. But they take, four, they take 20 wickets in every test. And a yeah. lot of that has come down to like clever captaincy but also the seamers and just p people like Ollie Robinson and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad when he was playing just running in and taking wickets and you know I, I think that it feels unlikely that they will not pick a second spinner in my head if they pick a second one it'd probably be Rahan Ahmed because of the the difference that he has and, and he's probably offers a bit more with the bat if I'm you know in that sense but I really don't know what they'll do and, and I think that in that way, you know, Joe Root offers them a lot of versatility. So, you know, that's one of my big questions going in. What will England kind of do with their bowling attack? I really like England's selection policy to pick Hartley and Shah Bashir. If the thinking behind it is we're going to almost go like for like 
up against Akshar and, and Ashwin and co mainly in terms of like, okay, if you guys want to have really like big spinning wickets where accuracy is at a premium, we can match you with that. We can't match you in terms of the test wickets, but we can provide the, a similar style of bowler. For me, if I'm India, I'm looking at that and going, okay, the better the cricket wickets are, the more our spinners distinguish themselves from England's spinners because our spinners are still proven on all conditions. The only guy who's really proven in all conditions for England is Jack Leach and to a lesser extent, Joe Root. So I think the better, again, the better you make the wickets if you're in India, the the less it takes into account the variability of, okay, maybe a guy like Shah Bashir can come in and get five or six wickets because he's doing the same kinds of things that our guys are doing and the pitch is helping him out a lot. Whereas if the pitch isn't helping him out a lot, then, you know, a guy like Akshar can still take wickets, uh, but he's he's executing more of that kind of differentiating skill set that he has potentially. I, I feel like we've kind of segued nicely now into sort of squad discussions and, and selection questions. I think for India, we, we've almost named, I think, what we expect the bowling attack to be and that they'll play, you know, if, if conditions are suitable, they'll play Jadeja, Ashwin, Akshar, as their frontline three spinners and Siraj and Bumrah sort of stand out in yep. their in their squad as the two seamers that will play and and I, I think again could cause trouble mm. in in any conditions. They're such quality bowlers. Bumrah in particular, I've just been so impressed since he's come back from his injury. About uh, you know, feels like he's even added to his repertoire of skills. So that feels like it's it's determined. On the England front, like you kind of looked at me with a question marks about who their second spinner might be, and and also, you know, do you think I'm right in thinking that they they will try and have a speedster in in their lineup at all times? Yeah, look, I, I think look, look, maybe let's uh, we'll come back to to, to India because I think I think there are some question marks around there permutations and we talked about it a little bit off air I think um, read, I just, I'm yeah, just yeah. purely talking about bowling attacks yeah, right bowling now attacks, I, I yeah, think yeah, there, okay. are, there are questions really yeah, yeah, okay. I think it's sort of almost the reverse for uh, England and India I think there are yeah. some questions for India to answer maybe in their batting lineup. yeah so I, th- I think from a bowling perspective uh, for England the, the reason I kind of looked at you quizzically and uh, and you've actually got me thinking is um, probably just with the talk of Bashir and, and Hartley coming into the squad and Ryan Ahmed who toured um, obviously with England to Pakistan last year mm. um, and I think five foot on, on debut I, I wonder whether he is going to play um, and, and mm. I'll go, I go back to the comment around um, England have picked you know historically a first spinner and that's been Graham Swan for, for a period of time um, you know prior to that it was you know probably someone like an Ashley Giles and then they've taken someone else normally a leg spinner to give a point of difference mm. I think when you look at um, the Indian attack okay you've got Ashwin who's a right arm off spinner Akshar who's tall left arm spinner and then Jadeja who's quite a tall left arm spinner that really do fire the ball into the wicket I actually just wonder whether they go Leach I think plays because he's the only um, you know proven spinner in that in, in that England squad but if they play two spinners I wouldn't be surprised that they actually go do you know what if Hartley's the better option regardless of the fact that he's got the same action as Leach he's a very different bowler mm. there's a point of difference there and then I think from a from a seam perspective they're absolutely I think going to go with either Wood or Atkinson so I think they'll probably okay. start the series 
and you know with Wood if he's fit yep. because he's the you know the number one and speedster and then I think they'll go with either Anderson or Robinson and they've got a couple of decent breaks during the course of this test series I think you mentioned at the start it obviously kicks off end of Jan finishes towards the end of March there's there's two sort of week long you know eight nine day breaks in between a couple of the games so I, I think they can you know they can actually play someone in maybe um, you know, four of those games if they get the sequencing right. And um, but I think they'll ultimately it'll be a, a kind of rotation conversation between Anderson, Robinson, and Wood and Atkinson. And um, and and then I think for me that 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 leads into how they get the batting lineup um, and how they p- pick or, or or not pick Ben Folks. And that's again, if I come back to the baseball mentality, I don't think they will go. We need to get an extra bowler in because we might be in the field for a little while. Mm. We need someone to bowl some holding overs and therefore protect our speedsters. I think they'll go, game plan is take 20 wickets or 10 wickets as quickly as you can. We're going to go with, if we think four guys does that more quickly than five guys, we're not going to um, compromise the way that we select that um, that side. So I hope um, for that reason, um, they do go with... Um, with with folks keeping wicket and batting at seven um i think that means they can get bearstow in the side as well at six uh brook at five then i think you know that means that joe um sorry ollie pope misses misses out out. Mm -hmm. um there is a caveat to that which is we don't really know if ben stokes is fit he's had knee surgery just before christmas yes his instagram rehab looks to be going great (laughs) but we, we we don't know so Pope's the vice captain, I think, still. Yeah, I feel like um, that would be a surprise because then they're doing the same thing that they did in the Ashes where you're trying to figure out who bats three, right? Or it's just Bearstow think, just go up there? I think, I, I just wonder whether Root goes up to three. Has um, all the conversation been around yeah, Joe doesn't want to bat at three? Yeah, and- but I, I think, again, throw that out the window with this re- regime. If, if they say, mate, you're going to bowl 12 overs in an innings and bat three. So, look, I, I, again, I, this is my... Like, like the club cricket thing. They're, they're, they're making that deal to him. Look, you can bat three if you... Well, <laughs> and we'll, and, and we'll you give you a few and, overs and, as well. And you don't have to pay your subs, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I, I don't, I, look, I don't know. And I, I'm only going on, you know, what... Um, you know, what... From all the talk and all the different pundits and everybody that's got an opinion on this is kind of I've thrown that all into the hopper that's the way that I would go given you know the parameters that that are available to me and and that means a debut for, for Hartley or Bashir as the, as the second spinner alongside um, alongside Jack Leach so look if you've got any money go and just back Ollie Pope <laughs> batting at three root at four and uh, Bearstow keeping the yeah uh, keeping yeah, keeping the gloves, but that would be the way Bink- that I would go for that. Binksy, that why have you gone with folks at seven? Other than we know that you generally you like to have a genuine specialist keeper, and you think that Ben Folks is the best wicket keeper in England, if not the world. <coughs> but why why is it super important that he keep wicket in India specifically? I think it's super important that he keeps wicket in India for two reasons. Number one is he's not the worst batsman in the world as well. So yeah, he's I think, good, good average. Um, you know, he, he he actually it's not like he's Bob Taylor and he's at number eleven and then the best keeper in the world. And um, and then I think that the the other component is the quickest way to ten wickets in the subcontinent and in India is to only have to convert ten chances. Mm. Um, and I think that you know we are going to see the odd nick or two standing up the odd stumping chance and with all due respect Bearstow's going to miss a few 
and we might have to take 14 chances. So I think that's the best way of taking 10 wickets yep. um, quickly. And we still get Bairstow um, in the side. The, the gamble is a different gamble to the gamble that we would have talked about three or four years ago before the advent of the way that England are playing cricket, which is they would have needed the insurance policy of a third seamer. I don't think they do now because they're going to go out and blitzkrieg it mm. in terms of the way that they're going to play. They want to do things quickly. They want to put people under pressure. Um, and again, I, I just, you know, we've had this conversation a lot of times about spin bowling. You can only bowl, you, know, you can only bowl two of them. Um, so why pick three of them? I think it's a slightly different conversation in India. Um, it, from a seam perspective, you can only bowl two of them. So why pick? Uh, why pick three of them, particularly when the wickets are gonna mm. um, are gonna spin? Potentially. Well, sort of. And I think uh, even to those seamers, if one of them, or well, if one of them is gonna be Anderson or Rob and or Robinson, if not both of them, then there's a good chance that folks in particular could be standing up to them. So Ab- that absolutely. So yeah. that you know that becomes important in that sense as well. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. I 100% agree with you that that folks is the way to go because this series could turn on a made leg side stumping standing up to Jimmy Anderson. Like it, that, That's what it could come down to. Five tests could all come down to that one moment. And if you had to back one of those two guys, as good as Johnny Bairstow is as a cricketer, I think folks gives you the best chance of, of winning that key moment. In talking about wicket-keeping, though, India have a similar question on their hands. They just played uh, Kale Rahul as their wicket-keeper over in South Africa. You know, Baldy, you mentioned last time you know, about the versatility and the, the ability that playing him at, at six or wicket-keeping, you know, five or wherever you want to bat him in the lineup, but having him with the gloves gives India a lot of versatility. Reading the tea leaves, it sounds like KS Bharat is more likely to play you know that's just again from looking at all the media around and and people that are commenting yeah Binks is showing me some uh, for, for people who are not watching on YouTube he's showing me all these links that say that KS Barat is going to be uh, the wicketkeeper and we don't know that series. but the, the, there's some press out there that, you know that there's been some official um, you know word from the BCCI that Barat not KL Rahul is going to keep in that first uh, first test match and and again I'll let Baldy weigh in on this, but I think that's a mistake for, from from India for all the reasons, that, <laughs> for all the opposite reasons. But that you know they've got um, you know they've got plenty of insurance policies um, throughout the course of that team, and I I, I just don't think they they need that um, with the with, yeah with the the cattle that they've got. But yeah, Baldy, interested in your thoughts. You're I think gonna, it's you're going to go with the keeper, aren't you? No, well, it's an it's an interesting one because if you see, if you think about the way that India are constructed, their five bowlers are locked in. So if you if you play Bharat, he has to bat at six. Effective, yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming that like Jadeja is in. Jadeja kind of, can it, kind of bat wherever they want him to, right? That he can kind of bat at five and and all that kind of stuff. But let's say that he bats at seven. It means that your wicketkeeper has to bat at six, which means you're effectively now picking five batters. You don't have Hardik Pandya, so you don't have any extra bowling. So you've got no sort of all rounder to to throw in there. There's no Washington Sundar. There's well, there's I think no, you could pretty make a pretty good case that Ravi Jadeja and Ravi Chandra I, and Ashwin are two I, of the I, better all rounders that you could I, find. I hear and even Akshay. Patel actually at, at seven, eight, nine, they've got plenty of batting. Ooh. If those guys are going to bat seven, eight, nine, they've got plenty of batting. I think the the question that India will want to know, and Indian fans will want to know, is who's going to bat in that top five, and what's the what's the construct of that top five? If KL Rahul is not wearing the gloves, because I think there's a case of if he's not batting in the top 
five and he, sorry if he's not wearing the gloves does he does he even get into the test side uh, apparently yeah look again this is you know uh, the, the first sort of uh report here from the the indian express which is yeah which is saying the bcci have said that uh, rahul will be on the field as a batsman and fielder um barat will do the the job mainly down to the fact that they believe it will be a spinning wicket um, so same reasons you've yeah, given. Right. I mean, okay. he's just scored a hundred in, in really tough conditions in South Africa. I think he, you know, certainly warrants a spot. I think you're you're looking at guys like Shreyas Iyer and probably even as much as I love him, you know, Yashasvi Jaiswell is obviously only just coming to the side. You could bump Shubman Gill up, yeah. to open. I, I think he they, said he wants to bet at three though, Shubman Gill, right? So, so well, did Joe Root. So did Joe Root. No, maybe, no. They'll, maybe they'll offer Shubman Gill a few overs as, it, with the ball. It's a really really interesting quandary for India because. I think Kyle Rahul has to be in there, but then you're talking about guys like Shreyas Iyer or Gill or Jaswell missing out. Rohit's a lock. Coley's a lock. Coley's a lock? We sure? <laughs> Coley's a lock? I think he might be. Coley's, Coley's probably a lock. Um, well, yeah, which means you're toying with that that last batting spot for Kyle Rahul or a guy like Shreyas Iyer. So plenty of questions, as we've said, on that Indian batting lineup. But it's just permutations. They've got so much depth. It's really ridiculous. What about some of the key battlegrounds then? We, we've kind of touched on a little bit, but let's go into a bit more depth. I think the, the, the really interesting one is about the mindset because when I think about uh, when I think about other sides that have taken on this England side with the, you know with this baseball mentality, I really do think that the captains and the opposition have have kind of been affected by the way that England's come out and played. I think, you know, you look back to certainly that first series that where it all happened, that New Zealand was uh, took part in. I think that the way England approached that, New Zealand, you know, were on the it, it put New Zealand on the back foot and they didn't really know how to approach. And by the time they figured out an approach, it was too late in some of those situations. I think Baba Azam, the same thing happened to them in that Pakistan series. I think he got... He was sort of started to be panned, I think, for his captaincy by the end of that series because of the way that he became very uh, reactive to what England were doing rather than focusing on his own situations. We saw in the Ashes, Pat Cummins took a lot of criticism because, uh, not necessarily because he reacted to England, but he he made plans for England and they became very defense you know they on the outside looked very very defensive so they took a different approach that this is how we're going to play our cricket mm. i think it's going to be fascinating to see how india approach it when you know these spinners axar you know ashwin and jadeja who are so used to being able to settle in and bowl just get into a line and length and, and figure out how that you know they you know Aksha, his great skill is that he can just run in and bowl the same delivery over and over and over again and in good con, you know spinning conditions one of those balls with his height hits the hits the turf bounces up a bit higher catches an edge and someone's out if england's going to go really hard i'm fascinated to see how rohit in particular responds to that with fields with bowling changes how do you guys think that's all going to play out the first thing I'd just say, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too carried away, but baseball has been moderately successful from a results perspective, right? So we're talking about a series in New Zealand where, you know, we lost a brilliant test match at the Basin Reserve. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an Ashes series that was two all. Um, yes, you know, we've panned, you know, a, a couple of a couple of nations. We did really, really well in Pakistan last year. Um, 
you know, beat India at home, yeah. uh, beat New Zealand at home, beat South Africa at home. So I, I think these feel like pretty good results. Yeah, no, they, uh, they do. But I, I'm just saying we're, we're talking about this is, you know, that we've, we've gone on a run like the 1948 Invincibles. We, have, <laughs> we haven't. And I, I think the interesting thing is going to be whether Rohit blinks or not. Mm. Um, and, and that's going to be, I think, a little bit of, of, of pride and ego as to whether or not when someone starts to get after one of those spinners and, and inevitably comes off for a short period of time, whether he goes on the defensive or whether he goes, do you know what, keep going um, and, you, and you're going to make a mistake. When it comes to battlegrounds and matchups, the, the thing that I am probably most interested to see is I think we're going to see throughout the course of this series, yes, we've got the likes of uh, Siraj, Bumrah um, and a new cricket ball. I think we're obviously going to see spin really early in the day mm. and potentially even, um, you know, opening the bowling. Ravi Ashwin's done that before, I believe. So I am fascinated to see how that matchup works because in England have got something pretty unusual, I think, from a test cricketing perspective. And that's an opening batter who is a very, very good player, perhaps vaunted as a better player of spin than he is of seam and that's Ben Duckett so when we went into that series against Australia everyone was like there's no way that this lad is going to score runs against Cummins, Hazelwood and Stark because he plays at everything and he's going to he's going to nick one eventually and he had a pretty good summer he had a really uh, good series but, against Australia but Ben Duckett so um, we're now going to see him play you know with all of his sweeps and all of his innovation from a from a um, yeah, from a batting perspective, so th- those are the matchups that I'm really work- looking forward to. Is the top order players? Mm. We know that Joe Root is a fantastic player of spin. We know that Ben Stokes is a pretty good player um, of spin. So I'm really looking forward to seeing um, that new ball um, or newish ball at least against the, that that England top order and see whether England um, can actually you know can actually do what they've done to some seam attacks um, against a world world class spin attack. Do you, do you want to elaborate on that, Baldy? Because I, I think that that in a way is sort of both. Uh, both of those battlegrounds are kind of covered by what you've just talked about. Because you know England's approach to the batting and against spin is going to determine in many ways how Rohit has to respond to what they yeah. have to do. I mean, Rohit's at an advantage, I think, because he's got more cattle to choose from in terms of he's got five world class players at his disposal. Yeah, if bowling attackers, if, if England are going after one. He can switch out for a for a boomer for a spell of three or four overs, and even if the ball's old, he's still going to get something out of boomer. He's still going to get something out of Siraj. He's still going to get something out of out of his any one of his or any two of of his three spinners. So I think Rohit, even if he blinks, he's still got options to turn to. What well, um, why on that? Do you think? Uh, do you think that? We will see big in outfields against their spinners. It's not. I feel like it's not something we've seen very often against the Indian spinners in India. No, but I think it's something that they will consider because I think the outfielders can still be in catching positions if England are going to take them on and trying to hit them off their length. Mm. So in outfields could be a recipe for success for India, even if their traditional modus operandi has been to, as you say, dump the ball into and on on the line of the stumps and have either the straight one do the job, which it often so often does for mm. Akshar and Jadeja, or one that turns, turns big. Um, I think... In terms of will Rohit blink, he will at some point in this series, I think. I think he's going to be under pressure at some point and he will have to revert to plans B, C and D. And I think we'll find out just how good a captain Rohit is when he's forced to do that. Because other captains 
who've played against this England setup have come in with different plans, whether or not we agree with their level of attackingness and whether or not it's in the national psyche to do that. <laughs> um, regardless, India traditionally, when you think about the teams over the last four or five years that have been successful at home and successful away, are prepared to take on opposition at their strength. You know, look, Have a look at that India side in Australia. Take on Australia at their strength. I think this Indian side will attack England at their strength, particularly they'll attack their batters and they'll ask lots and lots of questions of their batters as they traditionally have. I think it will it will take a lot for Rohit to blink, but I think he's going to have to at some point. It's a fascinating battleground. The one for me that I'm really looking forward to is whether these England openers can see off enough of the new ball so that by the time these Indian spinners come into the attack, they're relatively set. Because mm. that's, the, that's the key battleground for me. If there are set batters against these Indian bowlers, uh, these spinners, when they come on to bowl, that's real danger time for India because you can hit their guys off their length. It's very, very difficult to start in India regardless of how good a player of spin you are. So if, if Duckett and Crawley can win that opening battle against Bumrah and Siraj, and they're set, particularly Duckett, they're set by the time a spinner comes on, Duckett will fancy himself to take them down, and that's where I think there's going to be a huge battleground to be won over 10 innings in this series. I think India will will attack, actually, with the bat as well. I, I, I really feel like watching uh, India, that India-South Africa series, and particularly that the last couple of innings, where uh, they they you know they knew that those pitches were were challenging, Rohit just went stuff this. I'm I'm going, and he just started smashing it. Yep. And and I think that he'll have that very similar approach. You know, again, if he can kind of survive the early overs from uh, whoever it is, whether it's Anderson or, or Robinson, or, or you know, even if Mark Wood gets gets a crack with the new ball. I think he's going to have a real dip at those spinners. I mean, I think he'll go after Leach. Yeah, they'll, t- they'll really target Leach. I think. And if and if they do, I mean, uh, yeah, what does England what what does England do if India can take the their spinners out of the out of the equation? Is that just game over? Uh, look, who 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 knows? I think you talked about it earlier on. One of the things that has been impressive is um, if Robinson can get himself and has got himself fit. We know that Anderson is pretty fit. Um, they still have the ability and have worked out ways particularly with the field settings that, that they've gone through mm. to actually get players out in those wickets and I, I, with due respect to other people who've gone and done this India actually did uh, Australia actually did a pretty good job at times and I thought Cummins' captaincy in that India series was underrated he did come up with some different plans but I think um, not not sort of um, taken away from that I think England have, have done really really well at figuring out how to take wickets not nicked off um bowling their their seamers so I think England will always you know fancy that they're going to have a you know have a, another plan and mm. and be willing to try stuff as well yep. um, so so you know I don't think it's a case of them being able to say we're going we're to literally take the spinners out of the game and it's all over yes there'll be periods I think where the Indian batters will get on top um, and, and look I think that that's why particularly this pick of Bashir and, and Hartley is the really interesting one for me they're a di- you know probably a different proposition to what India would have expected. Mm-hmm. They would have probably expected a Ryan Ahmed or the next spinner off the rank, a Don Best maybe to come back in. They're picking someone that they think is going to make a difference and be and and replicate what Akshar and, and, and Ashwin tried to do. England have really got to hold their nerve if India attack because as yeah. we saw in the World Cup, Rohit was prepared to lay down a marker in that 50 over World Cup. He was oh, yeah. prepared to take risks yeah. early on in the first 10 overs 
to lay down a marker. And, you know, whether or not you like the fact that he consistently got to 47 off 20 bo- 28 <laughs> balls and then got out trying to lay down that marker, England will feel like if, the, if India are trying to lay down a marker, that they're a chance. And what do England love? Opposition giving them a sniff, mm, you yeah. know. So if, if they're prepared to try and hit India off their length, England, I think, will like that. What I don't think they'll like particularly is India going, well, we're going to bat for 175 overs, guys. <laughs> Now you've only now they've, England have still got three hundred enough. They've got enough overs to then still try and win the game themselves. But mm. I think that doesn't play into England's hands if India don't advance the game. Anything more we want to touch on before we start talking about predictions? Last two predictions. Let's start with the let, let's start with some individual player ones before we move on to. We'll, we'll finish with our our kind of series predictions and and why. Any one in particular you think is is primed for a, for a big series for India or England? Silence. There's a guy who bets at four for India normally. He's pretty good. I, I've I think, got him on my piece of paper as well, actually. I, I, think, I think for me, even if there's chaos, even if there's super turning wickets, even if the conditions... like They could play on the moon and Virat would still score runs. They could play on Jupiter and he'd still score runs. I think he's going to be tough, isn't it? A tough, heavy, also, yeah, heavy gas uh, planet and also a lot of gravity. So yeah. not a lot of bounce. Um, and anyway, I think <laughs> Virat Kohli will be key for India. He'll score the most runs in the series. He's going to be a huge player. Um, and I think Jasper Bumra will have an excellent series for India. We've talked a lot about their spinners, but I actually think that he knocking the top off is going to be super important. I will just jump on that and say I had Virat down on my piece of paper as well. I feel like this... He was he out of everyone in that series for uh, that uh, the India South Africa series that was such a challenging series for batters. He he still looked largely in control, which is something that almost every other player in that series did not. And you know he we he had a fantastic World Cup. It feels like a very long time ago now that we were talking about him as a player who was struggling, mm. and now he feels like the best batter in the world again. And yep. and I really think that. A series like this, he's going to be up for this. And, and yeah, I think he's going to have a massive, massive series. No secret that he's the key wicket, but I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, look, I'll probably talk about uh, England's players. I don't disagree with with you with your comments on the, on the Indian guys. I, I think Harry Brooks going to have a big series. I think in, he probably ill-advisedly uh, made some comments after his 100 uh, first sunrises in the IPL. So I think he's got a really, really big point to prove to, to the Indian fans. I think he's off the social media. I think he's going to let his Grey Nichols do the talking and I think he's going to have a big uh, big series batting at five. And from a bowling perspective, uh, I believe in fairy tales and I think Jimmy Anderson's going to have um, a series. He's got a decent record in India. Um, with the ball and I think you know he is still as fit as as ever um ashes notwithstanding where you know his wicket tally wasn't there but his speeds were still good and yeah. he, he bowled a couple of spells without a great deal of luck so I still think he's got the magic um so I think he's going to be the pick of the bowlers for uh for England and will yeah will prove his worth um on this tour so yeah um Brooke and, and Anderson uh, for the England team complete side note Anderson do you think this is his last year is he going to retire after the home summer no idea yeah I don't know yeah okay good we shall see do you think Bairstow's going to have a big series yes or no 
Yes. Cool. I'm I'm excited by that. I, I think he's, he's I, I do, and I think he's super important for England because, like, if England are going to win the series, a couple of these guys in their batting lineup are going to have to win a Test match almost off their own bat. They're going to need to make eighty in a low scoring game, or if it's a good batting wicket, a big daddy hundred. And I think Johnny Bairstow batting at six can take a game away from sides just as Harry Brook can. Well, I think we saw last time when when India were here or when England were in India, it was the Joe Root show, right? It mm-hmm. was basically when Joe Root got out that those games were over. I mean, you know, I, I did do some research on, on Joe Root. He averages 60 against right and left arm off spinners, uh, which is, you know, a phenomenal record. He averages 50 against those same spinners in India. He averages 72 against Ashwin, 53 against Shadeja, mm. only 18 against Axar. I think, you know, yeah. that, that points to that series. Mm. That, that happened but you know his overall average in India is 50 he, you know and, and that average of 18 against Axar in that series was three times the combined average of the rest of the team <laughs> exactly yep. exactly yeah, he's, he's the key wicket yeah. for England series predictions who who wins the series and, and why Baldy we'll start with you uh, India win at 3-2 I think England have enough firepower enough match winners in their side to take at least one possibly two tests off of India and if we have turning wickets if we have chaos I think that evens out the playing field a little bit I think it's going to be 3-2 to <clears throat> excuse me 3-2 to India Thanks. Um I just really, really hope that this series lives up to the billing. Mm. Um, I, I hope that we see some of the stuff that we want to see throughout the course of the series. And I think we will. I think we'll see. Um, it will be exciting to watch regardless of the outcome, I think, because mm. I don't think either side are going to play negative uh, negative cricket. Um, but I, I've got to say that you know, India is the final and toughest frontier to crack. <laughs> And I think regardless of how much promise this England side's got, I think they get, uh, they're on the wrong end of a 4-1 defeat in this series. But I don't think it will be a 4-1 shellacking. I think we'll see some entertaining uh, entertaining cricket throughout the course of that. Did you, did you just read off my piece of paper? I mean, I, I, pretty, much, I pretty much have the same thing because I, I really think that this series, yeah, as you said, I really, you know, I have no um, horse in this race. I would love to see it be incredibly close. I would love to see the, you know, I would love to see one of these England batters just absolutely take to these spinners and kind of see how they react, see how an Ashwin, you know, I I love watching him bowl. I would love to see one of them really get stuck into him and watch Ashwin kind of figure them out and then kind of have to respond to that. I would love to see these games be very close. And, And I do think in that way, it will be that India will ultimately come out on top and, pro, you know, 4-1 a game would not surprise me. That's kind of what I'm thinking in terms of who will sort of be able to win the bigger moments. And I lean towards India because when we run through that lineup, and particularly their bowling lineup, there's five bowlers, you know, obviously Axa is the, the odd one out in terms of test wickets that they've they've got, and, and even Siraj in terms of overall test wickets. But in terms of in those conditions, you know, what they offer, it's there's so much variety, there's so much skill there. And I think all of those players would have, you know, a pretty strong case to be in, in any test lineup at this point. So I just think that that in a series where wickets are likely to be the key currency, I think that they have the, the better the better five five man unit of the the two sides. But I do think England's going to put up a, a pretty good fight. And as you say, that these tests will, there'll be jeopardy in all these tests. I don't think that there'll be hammerings. 
or if there are, England will just come back and kind of figure something out to put India under pressure in that next test. So Yeah, that's what's so exciting about this test series, isn't it? That if either side gets hammered, it means nothing to them. They will they will keep coming at, at their opposition. They will come back with different plans, different ways of doing things. They'll attack from everywhere. It it honestly it is exciting as exciting for me from a neutral perspective of any series. I think I will be watching in in the as like compared to the last five years. It is so I'm so excited yeah. for this test series. And it's on at super time in New Zealand as it's well, great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, look, we will obviously have plenty more coverage of this series throughout um, the course. Um, of January all the way through until March. We'll also have the rest of the New Zealand summer on the Top um, Order podcast. If you do like the pod, please do give us a like, a subscribe, and share the pod um, with a friend, colleague, teammate, uh, whatever <laughs> y- you can uh, to help us grow the pod. It really, really does help us to continue to bring uh, the content um, to uh, a-, a salivating series coming up. Um, India versus England. Let's Good see luck, if our, Good luck. Yeah, look, we'll need it. But let's see. Uh, let's see if any of our uh, predictions are correct. But for now, it is. Good night and God bless from us all here on the Top Order podcast. We'll see you next time.